0: Down or turnover back by Alcoa 10 Federal Credit Union, place where you belong. Better rates and better service. 78% according to the FPI ESPN, the matchup predictor. 78.8% chance to win against South Carolina right now, according to Number Fire. No, this is ESPN. Excuse me, ESPN, 10.5 point favorite is the spread on ESPN. Touchdown turnover, Tennessee covers. Are you comfortable even saying that right now on Tuesday, Ben? Uh, but Tennessee covers at 10.5. How you feeling? Touchdown turnover, they covered.
1: You're asking this on Tuesday. On
0: a Tuesday. I mean, you felt like Tennessee was
1: going to win the game anyways. Yes. But I don't want to give away my secrets. Uh, I do think that Tennessee will cover. I, I don't think South Carolina is that, that great. I, I think they are slightly better than Missouri. So Tennessee won't hang 60 on them. But I still think that they could get to to 40. And I don't think Missouri's offense is, is going to score a ton. So if I think Tennessee could get to 35 – 42 points. I, I don't see South Carolina scoring more than 20. That, that's kind of how I see it on on this Tuesday. Maybe I'm sipping the Kool-Aid too much. Maybe this will come back to bite me in the butt. But I see like a, a 38-20 type of football game as of today. 30, 34-20 type of football game. Uh, so I, I say touchdown on Tuesday. I just don't think South Carolina is very good. I think Tennessee offensively is really hitting its stride. Will that translate to a somewhat improved Ole Miss defense? Will it translate to Alabama or Georgia? We'll see. Uh, But I I do on Tuesday. Again, maybe I'm sipping the Kool-Aid too much. Maybe my my orange tinted glasses are tinted too much. But I, I do think Tennessee covers on a Tuesday. At this point
0: last week, you weren't sipping enough. You weren't sipping at all. You was yep. not thirsty last week. No, I was not. <laughs> you was not. I just don't think we are run the ball for 200-plus yards with Cooper Mays out, which, I listen, I understand because they haven't done it yet. Um, but, yeah, maybe maybe you might maybe you feel like you're overcompensating a little bit. I don't think you are. Um, now, South Carolina's defensive front, a whole lot better. They got some players in that, in that front seven that's going to be playing on Sundays. And I don't think we can say that about Mizzou at all, but uh offensive line, uh y'all better be ready for a war. A slobber knocker in the trenches because how you say his name? Igbargay, Igbar, Ig or whatever his name is. Number one, how you say his last name? Number Hold on. one. Hold on, let me let me let me see if I get the game notes.
1: How you spell it?
0: Got it right here. Jabari Ellis is number number ninety nine. He he is, you know, he he was disruptive against Kentucky. What was, how do how you say his name? I gotta look. I gotta. I don't have South Carolina's game notes. I'm trying
1: right. to pull up uh, his roster to see if they have a pronunciation. But he's an NFL guy, and he is a potential first round pick. Kingsley Inakbarra how I believe I've heard it before. But he's a he's a first
0: round caliber player. He's known as he's known as JJ. JJ. So JJ, number one, he he could be a problem for Tennessee if if you let him be. So uh what is the scheme going to be
1: against him? He was first team all S E C last year. Oh yeah, he's stud now. Voted on by the coaches and made a uh, Phil Steele's all-SEC first team. Yeah, he is a stud. He Coming into the season, he had 17 career TFLs and 10 and a half career sacks. Yeah, you can't let him change his football game
0: by not accounting for him every single play and creating a turnover, sack, fumble, something like that. Um, most, most turnovers come with quarterback pressure. And so must account for him. Glenn Ellaby and this offensive line group can't let these guys impact the game because I think if you control him, manage him, then Tennessee is going to be able to put up points and be successful in offense. But for South Carolina to win, it's going to take a, a good performance by him, turning the football over, uh, impacting the game. That's, that's, that's the only thing I'm really concerned with with South Carolina is him. Their receivers doesn't scare me. They got a, they got a solid running back um, group there at South Carolina, and they're deep. They're deep in running back. Uh, I like their running back group. But, and then Muse, tight end number nine. It's hard to take them serious after that pitcher. I'm just, I'm, just, I'm, I'm, I'm just being honest. It's hard to take them serious. He made a good play against Kentucky. But the pitcher, I, I – I can't unsee the picture. I, I can't do it. I can't take him serious and watch him go out there and have a freaking Travis Kelsey type of game. But I'll say touchdown. I think Tennessee covers a, 10 and a half.
1: Uh, Back you know to Nothing about South Carolina scares me. The only yeah. thing that scares me about this game is Tennessee not showing up. That, that's what concerns me about this game. You know what's you know what's you know what's unique here, Ben?
0: Is that we've had a lot of noon games, but we've all been like ready. Because I think the fact that we practice in the morning helps us. Yeah. Cause I remember playing for noon playing in noon games where it took a little bit to get going. You know, we practiced at four. We practiced at four. We were done around six. And so you really didn't have to get going in the morning. You never had to really get going. All you had to do was just wake up and drag yourself to to, to class. Now, if you worked out early, if you're one of the guys that did the 6 a.m. workout, that was one thing, but that's still different than practice. That's still different. We can look at all these noon games this year And not one game where Tennessee was, like, sleepwalking at the beginning of the game. And I think that morning practice really, really helps Tennessee. And I feel like this weekend they'll be ready to roll. First quarter, Tennessee is outscoring opponents. I don't have the number right in front of me. um, But outscoring opponents, a lot to a little, let's say that. Second quarter is a little different story. Um, But they are jumping on opponents in the first quarter. And I think I attribute that to the morning practices.
1: What time did y'all practice? Four. Four. You think uh, that contributed to some slow starts early on in the noon games? Yeah. I mean, sure. it, I, I do think that is legitimate because your your body clock is used to going in the morning, used to waking up and what they practice at nine. So it it's something that you do all week long. Yeah. All, all this week, Tennessee is practicing – at the same time, they'll they'll be playing, so your your body clock is is used to it. Let, let's answer John K, man.
0: That's our guy. Let's answer John K before he breaks the text box. <laughs> <laughs> he says um, that people view Kiffin's offense as complex, and people view Heupel's offense as uh, gimmicky and. Obviously, I just don't feel that way because if you do something offensively, it works for you. Uh, there's different ways to get like that, and I just, I just don't understand the whole that whole label of gimmicky. Um, but that's just me. As far as Lane Kiffin, he's a great play caller. He has a great offensive mind. That's why Lane Kiffin was brought in by Nick Saban. Nick Saban wanted to to learn from one of the best in the business, he was getting, he was getting schooled out by Cliff Kingsbury and Johnny Manziel at, at Texas A&M. He was getting schooled by uh, Hugh Freeze at Ole Miss. So he needed to evolve. So he brought in Lane Kiffin, and Lane Kiffin helped him evolve. Uh, Lane's a great, he's a great play caller, he's a great offensive mind. But to sit here and say that his offense is Super complex, I just I just don't agree with that because if it was super complex, his his teams wouldn't be able to um, adjust so quickly like that offense did last year at Ole Miss. Tennessee's offense is not complex. It's it allows guys to play fast. The concepts are simple, but you play fast. You're great at what you do. If you want to know a complex scheme, Tennessee's defense was a complex scheme under Coach Pruitt. Very complex. And it's why guys would play slow. And and it's less complex now, and we're playing faster. So I don't think Kiffin's scheme is complex. And people are so enamored by him because he has a cool personality. I mean he that's tweets. He tweets. Like and you know, ladies frat boy. and some dudes think he's handsome and probably like him. But that's that's why people are so head over heels for, for Lane Kiffin, man, because of his, little, of his personality. Josh Heupel's done more than Lane
1: Kiffin as a head coach. Uh, he has done more than Lane
0: Kiffin as a head coach. Uh,
1: Lane, Lane's offense is super simplistic just in listening to those who know way more about football talk about his offense over the offseason. I heard numerous times people say that it it is simplistic. What Lane does so well and the difference is the difference is the tempo and then what makes Lane so so good and not saying that Hypo doesn't do this, but I'm I'm saying what Lane does so well is that he he uses pre snap motion, not a ton like a Matt Canada, but utilizes motion to generate mismatches. We saw that in the Tennessee Alabama game. Alabama game in, what year was that, when Amari Cooper scored on the very first play of the game? 14. Was that 14? 14. Gosh, it seems like. 14. That long ago? Wow. 14. Where he motioned Amari Cooper, brought Amari Cooper in in motion, and off off he goes because since he had a miscommunication on defense, and I I think even if there wasn't the miscommunication, I think he would have been matched up on a linebacker. So, Lane's overall – System is super simplistic, but then on top of that, he does a great job of of getting his playmakers into mismatches against guys on the opposing defense that he feels like he can take advantage of. Not saying that hypo doesn't do that, but that's that's what Lane is is best at, and what makes his his offense go on top of the plays that he that he calls, he's a great play caller. But the difference between the two offenses is, is, is just the tempo. Neither one are super complex, and, and Le- even Lane uses tempo. It's just, Hypo's tempo is just a, a different level of, of tempo. I also think, like, how you teach it
0: determines how complex or how simplistic it is. Are you a good teacher? If you're trying to do something and you're not a good teacher, it may, it may feel complexed. But if you're a great teacher, you're able to break it down in a way that's easy to understand. So you may have a, a an offense where you have a lot of checks at the line of scrimmage, a lot of uh, reading on the run, a lot of post snap reads, things like that. And it may be a simple offense, but you make it may, be, it may be a complex offense. Excuse me, but you make it simple by how you explain it. It could be a simple offense. It could be simplistic. So that's why, like, I, I sit over here and laugh at some of the labels that offenses are hit with because it just depends. It just depends on the teacher. Coach Cutcliffe's offense to me was simple. We did less, but we had more results. And somebody on the outside look at him and go, "Man, hey." Man, they sure doing a lot more, man, than they did before. They're doing a lot more. No, actually, the opposite. So, efficiency is what it's about. Efficiency. And there's no way to be efficient if you're doing a million different things and you're not mastering anything. You keep it simple. You only have a certain time, amount of time to practice. The less you have the easier it is to master it. And teams can know what you're doing and still not stop it. Teams can know what you're doing and then you have a wrinkle from that same look and go score. So Football's a real simple game. I think people try to make it a whole lot harder than what it really is. It's not a, a science experiment. It's not a equation that Josh Dobbs will be the only person that be able to break. It's not that it's not that difficult. It really it really it's really not. But people
1: just like Lane cuz cause he, cause he's cool. Cuz he's handsome, he tweets, he makes jokes, he says what other coaches aren't willing to say. Yeah. Some of some of y'all going to look weird out here. In your, in your Matt Corral, Lane Kiffin jerseys <laughs> next week, when, when when your supposed favorite teams playing in Nealon Stadium against that coach? Then those people are going to be trying to fish for a reason. Well, you
0: know, I did have an uncle back in the day. You know, he he applied to go to Ole Miss. He didn't get in, though. <laughs> he didn't get in, but my uncle applied to Ole Miss. So, I could, you know, it's, it's house divided. Okay, whatever. All right, let's get to Jay. Jay, good morning. Swain, good morning, man. What up, what up, what up.
2: Uh Swain, you're making some great points there with Kiffin and, and Heifel and I don't know why people uh just, just in life in general, humans seem to want more complexity. They think more complex equals better results. And in my coaching life and coaching career, just being a strength coach, I have mm. that's one thing I've come to learn very quickly mm. you get better results the simpler it is the simpler you can make things the the better the results you're going to get the the more i've i've seen it time and get time and time again the more complex a training program is the worse it is
3: Ooh, without
2: fail
0: Ooh, jay let me ask you this if you yeah. can have four lifts if mm-hmm. you can take a college a college football team and say all right man we got four lifts all we need mm-hmm. is four lifts what are those four lifts for you uh back squat power clean bench
2: press and like
0: a pull-up or a chin-up and you can go win some games right there with that huh
2: if you do that right there right and then you can have the most complex intricate training program with all these different whatever and my team will match those four lists and we will blow you up on the field <laughs> you right that's it that's right you know i mean and and that goes back over to hypo i mean it, it's Simple is not a bad thing, and uh, it's simple, but it's effective. What, what's that guy, uh, The um, I don't remember the Titans, uh, Denzel Washington's character. They said, Coach, you only run seven plays, and he said, seven plays, he said, works like Novocaine every time.
0: That's right. That's so, right.
2: You know, and Kiffin changed his offensive philosophy a lot, Swain when he uh i mean he didn't change his offense philosophy a lot when he left Alabama necessarily, but he has changed because when he when he went to f a u he had Kendall Bryles and he had that levy guy who also learned under Hypel at u c f
0: yeah Jeff levy and they
2: started they started doing up tempo and they started doing a lot of the a lot of the stuff that Baylor does, and that's a lot of the stuff that Hypel's been influenced by, so there's a lot of similarity
0: to their offense, yep. Jeff almost was here, man. It should have yeah. been here. Yeah,
2: yeah. Pruitt didn't want to hire him.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But should have been should have been here. But you're talking about coach Coach Herman Boone. Yeah. Denzel yeah. Washington. He played that character. Then I remember uh, that. Yotes was the was the uh, other coach. I actually met those guys in real life in uh two thousand and three. Now Swain, they finished second. That's pretty cool
2: you met him. Mm-hmm. They finished second. Runner up national champion do you know who they lost to or do you know who came in first that year who's that it's a team in south it's a team in south georgia
1: rush Propes, right
0: <laughs> He used to coach there valdosta oh that's when they were that's when they were i mean power powerhouses i learned that from the, from the first season of the first yeah first season of uh of that uh reality show on netflix hmm yeah yeah that's, that's where i learned that from yeah. wasted a couple hours of my life watching that
2: <laughs> it wasn't as good as uh <laughs> the one from mtv
0: man it was terrible everybody yeah, look kids love story get to the hitting <laughs> <laughs> get to the hitting and the snitching man that's what i'm too there for hitting <laughs> and snitching where's the snitching uh, Can't man, these yeah, look kids
2: yeah, I understand. Like no, them I
3: kids.
4: <laughs> 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 oh, man. Hey, man, on the way
2: out, Tim Banks, buddy. Hey. Whatever you doing, my friend. Whatever you are doing, I, Swain. I, I, I didn't question him, but I wondered at the beginning of the season. I said, "What's this guy going to do? He ain't, he ain't really, you know, have a lot of experience. It's the a big stage in terms of being a DC." I don't know how you're doing it, but you are outdoing the mastermind that is Jeremy Pruitt. Hey, I mean, hey, what you said, man. And you know what he's probably doing, Swain? Simplified. He probably hey, simplified a lot of things.
0: Hey, hey, tell him, Jay. Tell him,
2: Jay. And now look what they're doing. People are running to the ball. Uh, Jeremy Banks doesn't look like he's a deer in the headlights all the time. That uh, they, I guarantee you, he simplified that crazy system that Pruitt was trying to run. And things have
0: just gotten tremendously better. I got a hot take for you.
2: And, that, and that's a smart man,
0: Tim Banks, for doing that. For sure. No, for sure, Jay. Thank you, man. Thanks for the phone call. I got a hot take. I don't think it's hot. Y'all might think it's a hot take. I don't think it's hot at all. I was talking to a friend of mine yesterday. You have friends? A few. A few. So I was talking to this friend yesterday. We were talking about Tim Banks. I go, hey, man, Tim Banks is going to be a head coach here in a little bit if he continues doing the things that he's doing. You interview him, he sounds like a head coach. Mm -hmm. I remember when um, Justin Wilcox was here, and he had a head coach written all over him. And look where he's at right now. He's a head coach. Tim Banks has head coach written all over him. And his trajectory – Reminds me. Reminds me of a former SEC head coach that blew up in a three-year span in the Pac-12. That guy, Derek Mason. Derek Mason, 2011. Choose to take the vantage, job Tim. He was at Stanford. And he was an assistant head coach. He was the co-DC, and he coached DBs, 2011. The next year, 2012, assistant head coach, defensive coordinator. 2013, same responsibilities, same title. The next year, he's the head coach at Vanderbilt. I can see Tim Banks in the next three years
1: being a head coach. Just don't take the Vandy job, Tim. No, He ain't
0: crazy. He ain't don't
1: take the Missouri job. Don't don't take any of those jobs, my guy. Right. I can I can see in three years
0: because he's going to be set up to get a big time job mm-hmm. or get his head coaching job. You know why? Because Josh Heupel leaves the defense alone.
1: Which, good on Josh Heupel. That's a separate conversation. Thank you for doing that.
0: It allows him to shine. See, when you are a coordinator for an offensive coach, you have a chance to shine. Bob Shoup had the talent when he came in and a coach that was offensive-minded, and he viewed it the same way. I can come in here. I can do my thing on defense. This is going to help me be a head coach. Now, it backfired on him. It backfired on him. But Tim Banks has the opportunity to take this Tennessee program in the next three years, defensively win, and Hypo don't mess with him. So you you don't question, oh, who gets the credit? Who gets the credit? Who don't? It's Tim Banks. Man, he is set up perfectly for his first head coaching job if he just continues to do what he's doing. I, I, I am – so happy for for him if he's able to do that. Now, I don't, don't want to leave because he's been, he's, been, he's been good for us so far, but I thought about that yesterday. I was having a conversation with a friend. I was like, man,
1: this dude reminds me of Derrick Mason. When T- Derrick Mason was coming up. Tennessee's got to do everything in its power to make sure Rodney Garner doesn't leave, to make sure Brian Jean-Marie does not leave, to make sure Mike Eckler does not leave, and to make sure – with Martinez and Tim Banks do not lead. That entire defensive coaching staff right now is just coaching their rear ends off. And, and Tennessee has finally got some coaches that are actually getting their money's worth. I'm not even worried about,
0: about that, Ben. And I was talking to my friend yesterday about the same thing. Same friend? Same friend. Because I only have a few. Uh, so I had to get it all out to this to this one friend. But think about... Brian John Marie, he's coached at Texas already. He's coached for Harbaugh at Michigan already. Uh, you know, Ronnie Garner, he's coached for a lot of coaches uh, in the SEC. Will Martinez coached for a lot of coaches. They're at a point at the, of their careers where, yo, know, it's about it's about culture. Mm-hmm. Pay me. Knoxville's a nice city to live in. I don't have the head coach looking on my shoulder. I don't have drama. Now recruiting may be a little bit easier at other places. But I can do my job. Like, I can do my job, and I'm given the resources to be successful. I don't need the drama. But when you have an up-and-coming coach that is, that is trying to climb the ladder, like a Tim Banks, you worry about him. But I'm not worried about the other guys because I think they're at the point of their career where, man, they just, they just, they just want to be happy. Kind of like Jim Chaney. Like, Jim Chaney was like, pay me, and I'm good. Yeah, 45 are on there. Yeah, why would he go from Georgia to Tennessee? Hey, man, he likes Knoxville. You know, he, he thought the coach was going to be okay, but it wasn't, it wasn't okay. But, like, I just think our defense coach staff, I just don't think they'll just hop and jump ship uh, at the something bright and shiny. I, I just think they have coached a lot of football during their careers. They're in a position where Coach Hype is going to let them coach. He's going to let them do, do their job. He's going to leave them alone. Knoxville's a great city. They're in the SEC still. They'll still be able to recruit. Just don't mess it up for yourselves. So I think this defense staff will be intact for for more than just a little bit. All right,
4: let's go to the phones.
0: We got Big Orange Mac. Big Orange Mac, my
4: man. Good morning, Jay Swizzle. Good morning. Benjamin. jamming. Uh, when you uh, listen, i just a glorified water boy at the high school level. But, listen, just use the KISS method. Keep it simple, stupid. That's it. A lot of these cats nowadays, they try to outfox one another. Look, as long as your team executes, you give them a look. Look, I'm, I'm going to run it right here. As long as your players execute, they can't stop it. I think with this whole analytic stuff and the, the whole that gum, uh, you know, trying to outfox one another. It, it, to me it's getting out of hand. But anyhow, uh, as far as being this, you know, gimmick, look, every offense starts out at a gimmick as a gimmick because they're trying to make up for something they're lacking. They gotta be, you know, innovate. And like to say in the old movie, uh, Heartbreak Ridge, improvise, adapt and overcome. So that, you know, every offense starts out as a gimmick. Back in the late sixties, you know, when Paul Bryant put in the option, it was a gimmick. School. Nobody had even heard of it. School. He went to Darrell Royal in Texas and got you know learned how to run the option. And he told his offensive staff there at Alabama, either we're gonna sink or swim with this offense. you damn show sure better make it work. Every offense starts as a gimmick because they're lacking something, so they need a, a a strategic advantage over their opponent that they're playing. Why do you think the Service Academy run the option? Well, they're lacking. And you know some stars, and you know they have. Really? To recruit, they lack recruit. talent. Yeah, they lack talent. So the option works well for them. You know they're undersized. So and I don't think that we're running a gimmick offense. You know we're we're kind of lacking at some things, and you know sometimes you know I think we go a little bit too fast, but it's working for us. You know it, it it's it's working for us. It's not that it's a gimmick or we're out trying to fo- outfox somebody. Uh, Yeah Kiffin's a great offensive mind But he ain't doing nothing no different Than we doing Everybody's just so Oh it's Kiffin I, mm, Y'all know how I feel about that long neck having Joker But uh, anyway Everybody Use the kiss message today Keep it simple stupid Y'all have a good
0: That's right That is right That is right Good stuff by Orange Mac as always Big Orange Mac as always I can't, I can't just call him Orange Mac. I can call him Big Orange Mac. Yeah, Orange Mac sounds weird.
1: Yeah, I got to call him Big, Big Orange Big Mac. Big Orange Mac. I think uh, Big Orange Mac is uh, proud of Urban Myers' latest story in the news. It is almost hump day. Urban, wildin'. He's wildin' out. Northeast Florida coaches yesterday between Urban and Dan Mullen. Did not have the best press conferences.
0: The thing about Urban, and uh, we'll get to For What here in a little bit, because I got him on For What, is that if he does the same thing in a college town, no one knows about this because people are going to protect him. But no one's protecting you now. You are a professional football coach. And, uh, listen, he owned it because, I I mean, (laughs) you don't have a choice as a video. But Jaguars, man! Golly, golly! What a predicament that you are in. We'll get to, we'll get to that during. For what? It's
1: coming up here. And the Gators. Oh my! Somebody oh. told them on at least you're not Irvin. Oh. But they asked him about, <laughs> he was smiling after the post game going to ha- to shake uh, Mark Stoops hand, and Florida fans are mad about it. And somebody asked him about the. The photo of, of Dan Mullen smiling. And then at the end, after Dan Mullen answered, the reporter said, Well, I was just curious. At least you're not urban. Man, man. Dan Mullen didn't want to give Stoops any credit, did he? Golly, man. Early in the week, he said he didn't know who uh, Wanda Robinson was. He found out real quick on Saturday. Uh, he's just the leading receiver in the SEC.
0: Swain event. Be right back. while the other guys are taking guesses the swain event is taking you behind the scenes and in the huddle every morning from 7 till 10 right here when you start your own business you know that branding can make or break a new venture that's why swain event relies on 42nd street 42nd street is a strategy agency focused on finding creative open-minded results driven solutions to brand design 7007 42nd Street Brand Strategy Design More and more Tennessee businesses are switching to Iris Networks for reliable, local, high-quality, high-speed business fiber internet a Tennessee business connecting Tennessee businesses. We're here with Dr. Michael Carlson of Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine to discuss PRP, platelet-rich plasma. If you have orthopedic injuries such as shoulder pain,
3: knee pain, Achilles tendonitis, or tennis elbow, you should give them a call. Good to be back, Jason. We specialize in non-surgical orthopedics, so we treat damaged tendons, ligaments, and joints, including rotator cuff injuries, knee injuries, and elbow and foot problems by using ultrasound-guided injections with PRP. And this form of treatment helps stimulate the body's own reparative process and assist in the healing of damaged tissue. Doc, what makes
0: your training different than others?
3: I've been practicing in Knoxville for over 26 years, and I'm certified in interventional regenerative orthopedic medicine through the American Academy of Orthopedic Medicine. They've been the leader in this form of treatment since 1983. I also teach this form of treatment on a national and international basis to other physicians, residents, and medical students. Here in our clinic, I'm the one doing the procedure, and we're using your own PRP, which are concentrated platelets, to treat your injury. So in other words, Jason, it comes from you and it goes back to you. So you know exactly what you're getting and know exactly the level of training involved.
0: Do what the pros, college athletes, and I have done, and visit them online at trsportsmedicine.com. Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine, East Tennessee's leader in PRP therapy. JC's tree and landscaping service specializes in quality tree work done at an affordable price. Trimming and removing trees are their specialty. They also offer other services like land clearing, stump grinding, crane services, and all of your basic landscaping needs for both commercial and residential. JC's will give you a free estimate and beat any written quote by a competitor to guarantee that you get the lowest price around. Don't risk your land with a fly-by-night service. JC's Tree and Landscaping is licensed and insured. Give them a call at 865-599-3799. When I made the move to my own studio, I was worried about this. I was worried about that. I was worried about, hey, did I get this piece of equipment? Did I get that piece of equipment? Does that sound good? Does that not sound good? One thing I didn't have to worry about, that was office furniture, because office furniture outfitters met my furniture needs. With a 50,000 square foot facility, they have East Tennessee's largest selection and are the best value for new and used office furniture. Located in Knoxville, it's easy to find everything you need for your new space, including desks, file cabinets, chairs, Conference tables and more. Office Furniture Outfitters is turnkey. They came to my place. We mapped everything out that was needed. They delivered and get this set everything up. To learn more about what Office Furniture Outfitters can do for you, log on to ofonox.com. That's ofonox.com.
2: Oh! Ah!
0: SEC. Bring on the SEC news, Ben. Bring it on. I'm ready for it today. Oh,
1: I bet you are. It's a good week to be a Tennessee fan. Kentucky has been fined $250,000 by the SEC for storming the field on Saturday after beating Florida. It's the third offense under the SEC's access to competition Area policy. So, UK fined two hundred and fifty grand. Is, is
0: it their? Did you say is that th- it's their third offense? Because mm-hmm. I remember, I think the first offense is like one hundred, hundred grand. So I think
1: it was fifty, a hundred, two fifty. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know.
0: And and it's all really centered around safety. The last thing you want is the. Boise State-Oregon situation happened when LeGarrette Blount knocked the fan to sleep. So you want to keep the the fans and players away from each other. So it's really about safety. People think that it's about hating on the the fans and being a fun police, but it's it's about safety. So I understand that, but um, it's the first time that Kentucky beat Florida at home since what, ninety. no 86 86, I think that's what I saw. So I mean, I like what it was like, number one in the country or anything but whatever, have fun, enjoy it and um, I'm sure Mitch Barnhart don't mind dropping that quarter million for that for that moment. That was a huge moment for um,
1: taking football program. So worth it. South Carolina wide receiver or Trey Smith has entered the transfer portal. He did not play in 2020 after opting out due to the COVID-19 pandemic and had also been battling a knee injury. He had 30 catches for 326 yards as a true freshman in 2017, but had not been able to match that production in the years since. He only had one catch this season, a 15-yard reception during South Carolina's week one win over Eastern Illinois. So that's that's the only catch he made this year. So not a big loss for South Carolina. Although I do remember back when he got to South Carolina, he was viewed as a guy that had a lot of potential at the receiver position, just never came to fruition. Where where is
0: the where is the receiver that that we wanted? Probably about two or three years ago. I know who you're talking about. They went to South Carolina. He, he was, was like a late there. bloomer.
1: Still there. Just hasn't done anything. I forget his name off the top of my head. Jakari Caldwell? Yep. That's him. That's him. I I, I don't think he's doing anything. Huh. I don't think that he is doing anything at all, we can check uh, check the stats real quick. Because we, we wanted him, yeah. Pruitt, Pruitt really liked him. That that staff really really liked him. Pulling up the stats right here, I got him. If my computer, His Day
0: was mentioned one time, he. When I watched South Carolina film,
1: does not have a catch on the season. Oh wow, well, that's. That stinks. He does not have a catch on the season. Uh, In other SEC news, Alabama running back Jace McClellan will have Mm. knee surgery today and is out for the season with a torn ACL. Mm. Jace McClellan was Alabama's number two back, a a very good back. So this is a pretty big loss for Alabama. Uh, Jimbo Fisher said that A&M offensive lineman Luke Matthews had surgery yesterday on his shoulder and will miss the remainder of the season. Luke Matthews, I believe, played center for A and M. Very good football player. Comes from the Matthews football tree. What was it? The the other two played at A and M as well. Was it Jake Matthews and there's another Matthews as well. There's like three of them. The other two play in the NFL right now.
0: Yeah. Dad played Clay Clay Matthews. No, Bruce Matthews Bruce Matthews was, was the dad that played for the Oilers slash Titans. And then um, you did have a son or nephew that was a first-round pick to the Atlanta Falcons at one year. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure about the other Matthews, but
1: yeah. There, there's a lot of Matthews. His, his father, Bruce, like you said, NFL Hall of Famer. Uh, so that's a big loss for A and and M season just continues to get worse and worse for Jimbo. That's crazy, man.
0: I think the the fall off from last year to to this year has been really significant for Texas A and M. And listen, I know they had an injury at quarterback, and they had a quarterback drafted drafted um, in Kalamon. I think whenever you lose a a, a program guy like Kalamon, you, you're gonna you're gonna feel the effects of it. But man, my goodness. To go from the first team on the outside looking in to the college football playoff to basically being a middle of the road SEC
1: team the next year. Whew. Oh, and he's feeling the heat. He should a- be. He's a- getting a- paid M- a lot of money. A M fans are breathing down his neck. Paul Feinbaum's making comments. It's uh it's an interesting situation. Rumors about the LSU job opening up. Listen. And he just signed that contract extension.
0: Well, LSU will be able to play, pay, him that, pay him that money anyways, and he used to be a coordinator for Saban at LSU. I mean, he, he deserves all the criticism because he's getting paid a ton of money, and he's supposed to be a quarterback whisperer. Mm-hmm. So,
1: um, and the quarterback has not looked good. I
0: mean, Texas and m is last in the conference right now in the East. I mean, so he deserves that criticism. Three and two, and physically just got dominated by Arkansas. And then you lose to Mississippi State. Mississippi State.
1: Like, like that's the crazy part. They're they're what three and two and zero and two in conference play. Mm-hmm. And the two losses are to Arkansas and Mississippi State. And, and I'm not taking away from from Arkansas. I think Arkansas is a very good football team. They just ran into a buzzsaw this weekend. And, and Mississippi State isn't a bad team for sure. But I'm pointing out that they haven't even played LSU yet. They haven't even played Alabama yet. You're supposed to be a national championship Auburn. coach. Yes. I don't, I don't know who their crossover – I know they played South Carolina every single year. I don't, I don't know who else they drew from the SEC East in addition to South Carolina this year. Missouri. <laughs> <laughs> How lucky. Yeah, they play, well, they play Alabama this week, and then they play El- Missouri the next week. So, Yeah, so they, they looked out with Missouri because they're 0-2 in conference play, and it's the Arkansas and Mississippi State. Uh, Speaking of Mississippi State, Will Rogers was one of the three co-offensive players of the week in the SEC this past weekend. He joined Brian Robinson at Alabama, who ran for a career-high 171 yards and four touchdowns against Ole Miss, and Bo Nix was the other co-offensive player of the week, threw for 255 yards and one touchdown while rushing for a game-high 74 yards and one touchdown while leading Auburn to its first win at LSU since 1999. Will Rogers led Mississippi State to a 26-22 win over A&M, behind 408 passing yards and a career-high tying three touchdowns passing. So three co-offensive players of the week this week, Brian Robinson, Will Rogers... Bo Nix, the defensive co-players of the week. Jacquez Jones from Kentucky who had nine tackles, one for loss, a quarterback hurry, and a game-saving pass breakup in Kentucky's win over Florida. Will Anderson was the other co-defensive player of the week, the linebacker from Alabama. Had two and a half tackles for a loss, which has given him a nation's best 11 tackles for a loss. We even have a Vanderbilt player on the list this week. We have co-special teams players of the week. Joe Belovus, the kicker at Vanderbilt, is one of the co-special teams players of the week because he made a field goal to help Vandy beat freaking UConn. What a
0: reach. What a reach. How how does Henning Hooker go? 15 for 19, 225 yards, three touchdowns, 79% throwing the football, and not even... <laughs>
1: I don't even think he's that's, the biggest I, Where's Tyon Evans? That's what one I want to know Yeah, that's crazy to me, just the offensive explosion Yeah, so I, far, was, I was you know, scrolling, scrolling down the list yesterday when it came out I was like, okay, Tennessee had this record-breaking performance against Missouri And none of these players are, are going to make uh, a Player of the Week honor And then I got down to Cade Mays and Leneeth Whitehead so at least two offensive players got it. Yeah, but even Lenith Whitehead had to split it with Jarquez Hunter from Auburn, who did have sixty-five carries on six carries, sixty-five yards on six carries against LSU. Kane May's offensive lineman of the week. So at least some Tennessee players got honored. Oh man! But me... yeah, I was I was looking at that and thinking, where is Hinn and Hooker? Where is Tyon Evans? And I think Tyon Evans is is the bigger that that got gypped there because Bo Nix and Will Rogers. I Man, Bo was like – Bo, Bo was balling. Bo was balling. I mean, did you know that Bo Nix is the best Bo to ever play at Auburn? I did not know that. And then Will Rogers did throw for over 400 yards and three touchdowns against a good A&M defense. The defense at A&M has not been the problem. I mean,
0: I, I guess I get why
1: um, – Tyon didn't didn't get mentioned. Man, Probably had, level of competition.
0: Yeah, he had 124 yards. Uh, Robertson had, what, 170 against Ole Miss? So, I get it. I get it. It was just the offensive explosion in the SEC. Uh, I saw a tweet from Cole Kublick that said, six out of the ten top offenses in the country are from the SEC. Uh, I think I read that right. So, it, it, it used to be different, man. It used to be the top defenses in the country, and six out of the top ten was in the SEC. So, it just shows you – how things are changing. Uh, two different opinions on the urban my situation down in, in Jacksonville. Uh, two people that live from Jacks live in Jacksonville. One uh, says that the TV stations and radio uh, down there in Jacksonville blowing up, blowing up urban and um, really getting on to them, really, really bad. And then here on the text box, Vol and Jack says, "I live in Jacksonville, and the Jacks." Uh, he's a season ticket holder and can, can tell you whether it be right or wrong. The team has made the Urban video not issue. They have not even made a statement beyond Urban's apology. I do think his NFL experiment is short-lived, though. He is finding out the number one overall pick doesn't mean immediately winning. was, was crazy, I told Ben this during the break, your rookie quarterback is more responsible been your head coach.
1: <laughs> wow. that That is wild. Wow. I, it, I hate that Trevor Lawrence got drafted there because I, I like Trevor Lawrence. I do too. I, I hate that he is, he is dealing with all, with all that. The Cole Kubrick tweet that you referenced, the SEC has five of the five. 11, five, 11. Okay. scoring offenses in the nation. Alabama's third. Ole Miss, fifth. Georgia, eighth. Tennessee, tenth. Auburn, eleventh. There it is. There it is. By the way, uh, oh, we have we have two coaches that that we need to mention before we hit this top of the hour break. Did you see the score of the Arkansas State football game this weekend? Hmm. So you know. Uh, hmm. Georgia Southern fired its football coach last week, right? Hmm. Did you see that in the headline? Hmm. Georgia Southern fired its football coach last week, like last monday last sunday monday, and then, in that same week w- played Arkansas State and beat arkansas state fifty nine to thirty three A coach got fired and beat butch jones fifty nine to thirty three The same football team had to kick somebody off of the team because they had a player get on top of the bus while they were traveling and stone cold Steve Austin two two beers on top of the bus. Kicked him off of that? Drinking on the way to a game. Oh, yeah. And probably wasn't the first incident if he's doing something like that. And they fired their coach because he did not have control of the locker room and they turned around and beat Butch Jones fifth- D nine two thirty three. I mean, it's like it's like the equivalent of uh, twenty one and nothing. Butch Jones now one and four in the season. Guess who they play next? Coastal Carolina. Ooh. Thursday night. So congratulations to Butch to move into one and five. And then the other one. Uh, what are you doing down there in Orlando, Gus? Oh 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 oh. Gus, you lose to Navy. There's talk about Ken Niamato Lolo Lolo getting <laughs> getting fired this year. And you lose to Navy. Navy has been awful this year. Navy had not won a game this year. They lost to Marshall forty nine to seven. They lost to Air Force twenty three to three. They lost to Houston. And you were winning by two touchdowns? And you allowed Navy to beat you? Navy is boo-boo this year. Boo-boo. They're terrible. But booty terrible. Arkansas State might even beat Navy. That's how bad Navy is this year. And you lost to them? And this is your second bad loss of the season? I'm
0: going to mention this really quickly. And then we can continue with our, um, our narrative here because it's fun. Central Florida is without their starting quarterback due to injury. All right, anyways. Man, what is going on in Central Florida? <laughs> they thought they upgraded, huh? They thought they
1: upgraded. Ooh, those, those national media members pumping, oh, pumping man. Gus sure are quiet now.
0: Man, those, those guys down there, Orlando, they couldn't wait for Hypo to get out of there, man. They brought in the Gus bus. Them boys thought they upgraded. Ooh. ooh. They are fourth. They are fourth in the AAC right now. 4th
1: Two and two. They're losing to, to Navy. I believe Navy, that was Navy's first win of the season. Let's double-check. Navy is, is, I believe, they have a JV schedule. Navy is one and three. That was their first win of the season. <laughs> they lost to 0-3 Navy while they were leading by... By two touchdowns. And then Louisville, UCF lost to Louisville two weeks ago. Louisville's not good. I think that's their only win of the season. No, they've got, oh, because they beat Florida State and Eastern Kentucky. Damn, they got more wins than I thought. One, two, three. They're three and two. But you shouldn't be losing to Louisville. Shouldn't be losing to Louisville. I'm happy for Brandon Johnson. He's balling out. He has like five touchdowns in four games or whatever. I like Marcus Tatum. This isn't about y'all. I promise. This is about the national media members who hyped up Gus all offseason long. And this is also directed towards Dylan Gabriel. All those comments that you have for, for 247. He hurt, man. Leave him alone. I don't care. He can still catch the smoke. He hurt. He
0: asked for all the smoke. Uh, Central Florida still has to play Cincinnati. They still have to play Memphis. Uh, SMU is ranked right now, currently. So, I don't know, Gus Bus.
1: I don't know, Gus Bus. Pizza Mon says, wheels on the bus go falling off, falling off, falling off. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, poor Gus. Gus Bus.
0: Oh, man. Uh, SCVFL says, Urban will have to step away to focus on his marriage, probably in Southern California. Uh, yeah man I'm not and I saw the videos I won't I want I wasn't, wasn't gonna speak on the dude's marriage and all that stuff you know that's 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 I think that's kind of personal or whatever I'm um, not saying that you know you cross any line there scVFA I'm just saying like, what you see on on Twitter I just I I I didn't feel comfortable you know jumping in on that you know that's that's I hate that for for his kids and his, and his wife man See dad in a video uh, in that way, but man, it is a nice escape for him to go back to college. It will be a nice escape, but I, I don't know if you go back to college, man. You just need to sit on down somewhere, just sit on down. That's it, just call it a career. Don't even do TV. We'll get to the text box. After these messages, Swain event fueled by Dead and Barbecue. Stay with us.